Hey friends, welcome to Wild Hearts with Janine. I'm Janine, the host of this podcast, and I am genuinely so excited that you are tuning in today. Wild Hearts is for those who are passionate about diving deep, keeping it real, reclaiming their passions, and getting after the things that they were made to do without apology. In each episode, I sit down with a fellow Wild Heart to talk about life, travel, faith, and everything in between. So let's dive in. Hey guys, I am so excited to be sitting down today with my friend Kelsey Chapman. Hi, Kelsey. Hi, it's so good to be here with you. I'm so pumped to be here with you. I am so excited to have you here too. And it's fun because we've actually known each other. We met once. That was, I guess, the first time we met or got to know one another. Um, But then we were online friends for a while. Then you went to Colorado and I left Nashville. And now we're both back here in Nashville, which is so fun. And we've worked on creative projects back in the radio magazine day. Oh my gosh. Doesn't that feel like a lifetime ago? An eternity. (laughs) Truly. (laughs) I feel like so much has happened. I've reinvented myself 17 times since then. I don't know about you. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Lots of lots of things have changed. It's wild when you I I feel like in the in the internet age that we live in, I guess, like it's all documented though, right? So you can scroll back and see, like, oh gosh, I completely forgot about that thing I did or that place I went. And it was only three years ago. Yeah. Seriously. It's so wild. Well, I am so excited to have you on the podcast uh, today and to talk about this topic of mentorship, which is something that um, I've benefited from having some really amazing mentors in my life um, since I was a teenager through to today in my 30s. Um, And I know that you have had some really great mentors along the way who've taught you and encouraged you and supported you in all the things that you have done. Um, So I'm just really looking forward to this conversation and helping listeners um, figure out if they need a mentor, when they need a mentor, how they can go about finding one, all of that good stuff. But before we totally jump into our topic, I'd love for you to tell everyone listening a little bit about you. So maybe share um, more about who you are and what you do. Obviously, we already said you're here in Nashville. Um, And then if you want to share a fun fact, that's always a fun thing to get going with. Yeah, so I'm Kelsey. I am a Nashville girl. Well, really, I'm a Murfreesboro girl, but I live in Nashville these days. I just moved back from Colorado, and I like to describe myself as a Jill of all trades. We were laughing before this conversation started about like, well, I do like four things, and I don't really know exactly how to put words to all of it, but I do digital marketing, and that can be encompassing quite a few hats I Mm -hmm. wear. I also love coaching and teaching. Like if I learn something and can teach Mm -hmm. a friend how to do it, you better believe I will. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's really how I got into online business was I I taught all my friends and then clients mm-hmm. wanted to pay me to teach them. And I was like, perfect. This is what I love. <laughs> and so I also just wrote a book. And then fun fact, you know, I have always been an HGTV TLC trading spaces back in the day, girl. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I just got to get my hands on a renovation, my first one ever. And it's like a dream come true because I've dreamt of doing this back Mm -hmm. since I was watching Trading Spaces at like Mm -hmm. 11 years old. And so (laughs) we just gutted this house and um, my creative juices have been flowing the last few Mm -hmm. months and it's been fun. I, I love it. Some people do a renovation and realize they hate it and I truly do love it. 
Oh, that's so much fun. Are you guys going to do like uh, when it's all complete and done, like a little tour of it? Because I feel like that would be really Oh, fun. I should. Yes. Yeah. And you know, we finally get our countertops next week. So that will probably be a good time to do it. But yeah. I I, um, I do recommend not living in a reno for anyone who is thinking <laughs> of doing that because I am falling my meat out of my bathtub. So here we are. <laughs> I was we, we you mentioned that before we started recording. I was like, I really hope she says something about the bathtub. <laughs> it's, so it's so real though. Like, what do you do when you don't have a kitchen sink and you're trying to do that kind of stuff? Well, we went and stayed with friends for a few days and then like okay. once we came back, we did have like some we we have this week of no kitchen sink and mm-hmm. so we're like, here we go. We we can't go cash in on all our friends again and overstay our welcome. So we're just going to make it happen in our bathtub. That's amazing. Well, I'm sure that when it's all complete, it will be well worth it. You guys will be able to sit back and think like, oh, that season was totally worth the uncomfort because yeah. look, we have our dream home now, which is wonderful. Oh, I can't wait to see what it looks like. Well, oftentimes on this podcast, we do talk about travel because I spend many years traveling and big advocate for solo travel, especially for young women who really want to get out and see the world um, and don't want to like wait for another person to go do it. So I would love to hear from you. Where is your favorite place you've ever been? Um, And maybe even a place you're hoping to go soon. Oh, man. Oh, there's so many good places. I mean, I'm a sucker for South Africa. I love Mm -hmm. Cape Town. I studied abroad there in college. I was there for like three weeks or a month and then was there for two weeks, five years ago. And there is just something about it. I mean, especially Cape Town, it's kind of like you've got the mountains and the coast Mm -hmm. right there and it's just stunning. But then also right before, you know, we all went into quarantine, I was in the Philippines and I was like, oh my gosh, this is a blast. Like island hopping. Mm -hmm. Um, We were in the city. We were also, you know, out on a little island and it was Mm -hmm. just, it was a good time. So I, I had to name both of them. And then now that the world is opening back up, one of my friends just got an assignment in Italy. So you better believe I will be maximizing a visit to see my girl Claire while she's living in Italy for the next two years. Because I love to visit a friend who lives somewhere yes. because they just like know it better than yep. a tourist knows it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. First of all, Cape Town is so high on my bucket list. So when I get to planning, whenever that trip happens, I might hit you up for some recommendations yeah. of things to do. Um, and I've never been to the Philippines, but I've heard amazing things. So it was fantastic. You're saying yeah. it was awesome. We were mostly, um, oh, we weren't in Manila. We were, uh, we were in a big city a lot of the time. And yeah. then we, the last three or four days of the trip, we went over to Corone, and mm. which is an island. It had Fiji vibes, like, you know, cabin on the water situation. Wow. And that was fun. I just, everything sounds especially wonderful right now because it's been a minute since most of us have gone international. But wow. And visiting friends, I could not like repeat that statement more visiting friends when they live in other countries is one of the best things that you can do because yeah you get like you get to first of all you get to see your friend which is wonderful in and of itself but then you get someone who knows the city and knows the ins and outs and knows those little places that 
you might not know going on your own. I did that when I went to Europe both times. I stayed with um, friends in different places in Italy and Germany and Amsterdam. And oh, that sounds like a blast. It is so fun. And it, it just provides a different kind of experience. You feel more like a local because you're with a local, yeah. which is super fun. So, oh. Italy, I love. I'm Italy, ready. So. I mean, my, I am, I am entered. I'm ready to travel now that we've had this conversation because it just got me nostalgic. I'm ready girl, to go, girl. Same. Trust me. I was like looking at my calendar the other day, and I was like, okay, when can I? How can I make this work? Look at my budget. Can I go? Yes. So yeah, we're 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 ready. I think all of us are. So yeah, that's super fun. Well, let's go ahead and jump right on into our topic, which I'm really, really looking forward to hearing from you on. And that is why we need a mentor, why all of us need mentors in our lives in different seasons, and sometimes even for different reasons. So um, you mentioned this earlier, but you recently released your book, What They Taught Us, um, in which you share about just different mentors who stepped into some different seasons of your life to give you wisdom, inspiration, encouragement, and support all the things that we need. Um, so I'd love to start at the beginning. What made you decide to write this book? You know, I have always wanted to be a writer. And so for as far back as I can remember, I mean, I have like a, a dream or an idea a day, but like the one consistent dream has been to write. Um, and so for a while, that expression looked like a magazine. And then I realized, whoa, I think I just like to be responsible for myself. Um, And, um, you know, I've always thought I'd write a book, but I just didn't know exactly what. And then I kind of burnt out for a few years. So I put writing on a shelf and was like, well, maybe I'll never write again. Shoot. Mm. I'm bummed that dream went away. Um, But turns out I just needed some margin. I was living life with no margin. And as you probably know, your creativity tends to be the first to go when you have mm-hmm. no margin. And so I put writing on a shelf because I was just totally uninspired. And then I woke up after a season of rest. I made myself rest that that year. I was very aware I had no margin and was burnt out. And I started writing. And the first story that came out of me was the story about Linnell. I always thought I'd write essays that kind of told a bigger story. Some of my favorite authors are like, Shauna Nequist or Anne Lamott, like those are my girls, you know? And so I, I thought it would not to compare myself in any way, shape or form to them. I mean, they are insanely talented, but stylistically, I thought, "Hmm, I really like the style of essays that have a broader theme that kind of teach a life lesson. And so I just started writing and it's like, well, let's see what happens. And this story about Linnell came out and you know, I talk about her in chapter one, but she's just a mentor who loved me when it cost her something. It cost Mm. her a lot. She was engaged to my dad. So how inconvenient she was engaged to my dad before he met my mom. And then, you know, like they all went their separate ways. They all talked about it later. My mom did not know, but you know, she, mm-hmm. how inconvenient that I walk into her life as her daughter's best friend. She did not have to foster that yet. She invested in me, even when it was mm-hmm. probably a pretty uncomfortable reminder of her past. She's great. She married someone great. Everyone's mm-hmm. happy, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I just thought about how she leaned in when she really didn't have to, I don't know about mm-hmm. you, but like if my ex happened to move down the street and then our daughters became friends and we all of a sudden had to do weekend drop off and sleepovers. Just, I mean, no, thank you. I would, I would love to pass. I probably wouldn't foster it. That's for sure. And so 
as I wrote down kind of this story of Lynn Allen, tried to find like a theme there or a lesson there, I just was like, I think I have other stories like this. And now that I think about it, I have friends who ask like, why do you have so many mentors? And it's like, well, I just invite them in the more the merrier, you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so I, I I started telling the other stories because at the time it did, it just didn't feel fair to only write Linnell's if I had these others. And then I was like, Oh, there's, there is a theme here Mm. and let's explore it. And so once I started exploring it, I was like, yeah, okay. I think people, um, I think women especially want mentors, don't know where to find them, felt fine find it nerve wracking to put themselves out there. We already have to date. Then we've got to date for friends and mentors. Oh my God. Like another form of dating in my life, but (laughs) the reward is so worth it. And so Mm -hmm. I wanted to highlight like, this is worth it. Having people invest in you is worth it. And so Mm -hmm. what they thought, what they taught me came to life. I love that. Well, I would love to hear then, too, a little bit more about how some of those mentors um, in those different seasons um, helped shape and guide you, like, in wherever you were. Like, I'd love to just hear a little bit more about that. Yeah. So I think of Emily. She is my young life leader back in high school. And that was, for me, like a super rocky time. I had no stability in my life. Um, And she came in. As this 19-year-old, I was also wasn't a church kid. So, like, I didn't have that at youth group. Didn't really want to mm-hmm. go to youth group. You know, like, Young Life yep. was way more my style. Um, and Emily walked in, and she was willing to be a part of our lives. Was she perfect? Mm-hmm. No way. She was 19. Did she have it all together? <laughs> what 19-year-old does? Did I think she had it all together, have it all together. Yes, I did. I was like, she's great. She's perfect. (laughs) And even now I'm like, she's great. She's perfect. But like, I think a lot of us wait for someone to be perfect, to ask them. Like we, we only look to the pastor's wife or the head of the junior league in town or whatever, you know, the head of the young entrepreneurs association. We want the figurehead to be our mentor. But what if it's someone who's ordinary by all like worldly standards, but has extraordinary impact on you. And so Mm. I think for me, a lot of my mentors were ordinary women who I had like one degree of separation in my life and it just made sense for them to be my mentor, but had truly extraordinary impact on me. And so Emily, you know, she was figuring out her own life. You change into like a totally different human being from 19 to 23. And Mm -hmm. she was walking with us in her most transformational years. But again, we didn't need her to be perfect. I don't remember the Bible studies she did with us. I remember that she was there and that I had a safe, stable person that I could always have as a sounding board looking for sound advice. You know, I think of Kay very similarly, like Kay, you know, I write about her midway through the book and out of anyone, she's probably who I see the most these days. Um, maybe Linnell too, but, um, Kay was a temporary small group leader of mine in college. Like she was just doing a little series for 12 weeks. Then I was like, Hey, can we get together, you know, like for coffee more frequently? Like, can we keep this party going? And, um, here we are like 11 years later, still getting, (laughs) she gets her diet Coke and I get coffee. And 
again, it's not these tangible lessons I remember from them. It's that I remember they were there in those Mm -hmm. huge seasons of life that you just need someone to walk hand in hand with you. And so Mm -hmm. that's where I've seen a ton of transformation in mentorship. Sure. Sometimes you go get something very specific from them, like discipleship or business strategy. Um, But I think there's just as much Mm -hmm. goodness in those relationships where you know you've just got someone there yeah well I'm like my face actually is hurting from smiling so much (laughs) just listening to you because it's bringing up people in my own life like I'm thinking of Lois and Gladys which they're not as old as they sound those are just really (laughs) old I love their names (laughs) um and I had an Emily still she's still a friend of mine but you know when I first moved to Nashville I was 23 I was a little baby and had no idea what I was doing. And um, my friend Emily was 29 and just she wasn't that much older than me. But like 23 to 29 in terms of like life season can be um, pretty different. Mm-hmm. And she just kind of like enveloped me under her wing. We worked together and she invited me to Bible study and I, they were all in their late 20s, early 30s. And I was, you know, 23, just soaking it in, seeing these women who most of which they most of whom weren't married at the time. And so they were all single and um, like figuring out adulthood. And I was just like absorbing. And um, it's been really neat because just I, I think of that now as I'm in my 30s. I'm in a Bible study with girls in their early 20s. And I'm like, oh, it's like the reverse. It's so sweet to get to just pour into them um, in a way that, you know, I guess I can because I've just walked through a little more life. But yeah, I just love hearing you talk about these different women who stepped in and who a lot of whom sound like they're still a part of your life in some capacity. And um, But you're right. I think ordinary people, but who teach us extraordinary things, um, whether they mean to or not. Right. I think that's what's yes. beautiful too. Yeah. Just, I, mean, you, I think that point in itself, like whether they mean to or not, like so much can just mm-hmm. be learned through observation for me, mm-hmm. a lot of what I learned from Lucy, who I, who I wrote about midway through, she just showed me how to balance a career mm-hmm. and family and, showcase that like it can be done you can have both you can have a thriving family and a and a family wait I mean you can have a thriving family (laughs) and a career and friends um but it felt like oh I'm at this this junction in life what if I want both and I don't want to sacrifice one over the other Mm -hmm. you know or Mm -hmm. you know uh, how do I do this well how do we stay connected and I I feel like in a role of nannying I had a front row seat to her life and I consider her a life mentor because she let me in. She let me observe. I was with them for four or five years. So I got to see it all. And I am forever grateful for that. She didn't Mm -hmm. mean to teach me something, but she did. Mm -hmm. I love that. That It feels like a lot of it is just learning from the way other people do things and the way Mm -hmm. that they love, right? Like, the way that they love their family, their friends, their job, whatever it is that they're passionate about and love, we get to learn from that, which is really yeah. beautiful. Oh, this is good. Well, let's talk. Let's let's talk a little bit about um, mentorship, because I feel like I I often um, will hear young women, especially, say like, I I want a mentor. I just don't know 
where to find one or how to know if I'm ready for one or that how do I ask someone to be my mentor? Like there's just kind of this um, mystery around mentorship, which is really um, interesting and I don't have any answers, but, um, <laughs> but I think that, I think that you and I can have this little conversation. It might bring some clarity, especially um, because you've had so many wonderful ones in your life. So uh, first question I have for you is why is having a mentor um, better than just asking a friend for advice? Yeah, I think something about a mentor is they, you're creating a role where you are asking for their unfiltered input. A friend Mm. is going to pick up over time, you know, that you really don't like to hear the cold, hard truth on XYZ. So they might learn to be gentle Mm -hmm. or delicate or pick their battles, you know. And then, of course, you've got the blunt friends, but they even too pick their battles. I think a mentor, like you are asking for their input that is Mm -hmm. unsolicited, like they're welcome to give it to you. Unless, I mean, unless it gets weird where they feel like they (laughs) they might just need to reevaluate the terms of your mentoring relationship. But like a normal mentoring relationship, you know, they have permission to give you unsolicited advice as well. Mm Now, Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean every second of every day, but like, I know that if I'm off, they feel comfortable to step in and be like, Kelsey, okay, let's like like rethink this. I'm just going to get you back on track, girl. And yeah, 75% of the time, it's all warm and fuzzy, but maybe 25% or 15% or 10% is them like maybe correcting you. I want that out of a mentor because my friends... You know, we just get caught up in the day to day. Sometimes we're not even mm-hmm. that intentional in our conversation. I think a mentoring relationship is a little more intentional, leaves room for a little more critical feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of that, we grow. I mean, it really forces mm-hmm. us to up level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think of it in terms of like with a friend, you might be a little bit more delicate, more gentle, um, because you don't want to upset them, right? Or you don't want mm-hmm. to, you know, whatever. But with a mentor, it's almost like uh, it's loving correction, right? It's like loving guidance. Um, so they're going to be honest with you because that's the role they're playing in your life. Um, but they're going to do it in love. They're doing it for your benefit, for mm-hmm. your ultimate good. Um, so yeah, I do, yeah, that makes sense. Like, And, and you're right. The, the word intentional, I think, is so key in terms of mentorship because um, I would assume you've probably established that this is a mentoring relationship. Um, and usually what comes with that is being real and being honest and um, calling calling you out when you need it, which again, I agree. That's what I want. I'm like, yeah. if I have a mentor, I want them to be like, um, Janine, what are you doing? Like, yeah, like <laughs> this is a little off. What if we course correct yeah. a bit? Let's like yeah. get you back on track. Yeah. Oh, that's really good. Well, okay. So let's jump into this one then. If somebody is looking or or um, hoping to find a mentor, what should they look for in someone? I think they should look for someone who is willing versus perfect. And so I think mm-hmm. a lot of us look for someone who we think is perfect, who we think has arrived. And honestly, when you get up close and personal with anyone, you're going to realize pretty quickly they're imperfect. So just FYI, no one's perfect. Um, (laughs) But I think willingness goes a long way. Willing to say, I don't know the answer to that, but I'll figure it out with you. Willing to Mm -hmm. say, 
hey, I'm going to lean in even with this, when this is inconvenient. I'm going to answer the phone, even though I'm tired after a long day of work. Mm-hmm. Um, but willing to be present within healthy parameters and boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, willing to be transparent and let you in on the harder parts of their story, knowing that it might empower you to avoid that, you know, pothole in life. And so I think willingness is everything. And, and at the end of the day, it totally outwins shininess. It outwins, um, intelligence. It outwins witty advice. Like, it outwins personality. Willingness is everything. Availability. And so I, I have learned so much from the very different personalities of each of my mentors from different walks of life, different belief systems. Um, but one common thread is they're just willing to show up for me. Um, and I don't ask a ton. I don't ask a lot of them. I'm not asking them to talk to me every day. <laughs> you know, like I think it's on us, the mentee, to have like, you know, healthy um context for which we invite them into our lives. No one's going to solve all our problems. And mentorship is certainly not meant to absolve absolve us of personal agency. Um, It's still Mm -hmm. on us to make powerful Mm -hmm. decisions to live a healthy life. But like inviting women in who are willing to say, hey, I've walked the road a few steps ahead of you and I'll tell you Mm -hmm. what I know. It Mm -hmm. might not even be applicable for your life, but I'll share Mm -hmm. it. And if you want it, cool. Because I think too, Another amazing quality of a good mentor is them not projecting their story onto your life, but Mm. being willing to sit with yours, see how their experience walking that road might be helpful for your unique journey, but also be willing to say, hey, but we live different lives. Like there's different factors, different families of origin, different circumstantial situations and what's relevant for my story might not be the best fit right. for the next step for you to take. So I think I have had mentors who want to project their story onto mine and that's not been helpful. And so I think one who's willing to take what's applicable of their story and apply it, but also if you don't take their advice hundred percent of the time, become being comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think too, you mentioned, as you were sharing about your, some of your mentors earlier, um, another way to find one is look at who's already in your life. Like look at the people who, the women, especially who are already in your life, um, whether it's, you know, they're super close or you talk to them every once in a while, but just think about who's already a part of your life and, and who, um, of that group, you might think like, you know, that's a really like high quality person that I trust and I admire and um, who I know has walked this road before, like chances are there's probably someone from some season or some, you know, space of your life that you could, you could um, turn to um, when you're looking for a mentor, right? Yeah. Yeah. Most of the mentors in my life were already there. I just had to reach out and ask, you know, like Mm -hmm. sometimes I'd formalize it, but they were already there. And Mm -hmm. usually there's someone in your life that you admire. They're probably not crushing mm-hmm. it in every area of life, but maybe you're looking for a mentor who can walk with you as you navigate some stuff with your faith. Cool. Yeah. Like they don't have to have the same career trajectory as you, the same family dynamics as you, the same friendships as you. They can just mentor you in that, you know, in that pathway of your life, that pillar, that's what I'm looking for. And, and I think 
letting them speak to that part of your life versus all of your life. Again, because you're not going to be on the same page as like everyone on everything. Not No mentor will complete you. But there's right. someone who has shared values, one degree of separation away from you that you can yeah. say, man, I really love how my friend's mom has navigated her faith over 40 years or her mm-hmm. marriage over, you know, a decade. Mm-hmm. And so asking that person to step in, in that kind of pillar of your life. I love that. When you just said um, earlier, you said, you know, looking for people who are just a couple steps ahead of you. I think that there can be a like um, expectation or, or the idea that like a mentor should be X seasons ahead of you or X number of years older than you. Um, what would you say to that? Like, how would you, how would you, uh, yeah. What would you say to someone who's like, well, I thought a mentor had to be 25 years older than me or something. Oh yeah, totally. Well, here's the deal. Like I've definitely been mentored by people younger than me too. I think I want them to be a few steps ahead of me in, in, um, whatever X, Y, Z experience it is, you know, whatever pillar we're talking here. Like if, if they've been walking out their faith for 15 years and they've already gone through a season of, you know, not being passionate anymore, not being on fire anymore or whatever, <laughs> then like, I want them to mentor me. They get it. They, it doesn't matter how old they are. Um, mm. And then I think there's kind of two types of mentors. There are the mentors that are truly just a few steps ahead of you. And then there's ones a few miles ahead of me. Mm. And and I'd like to have both in my life. You know, I think of it on a trail. I, this was a, a real example for my real life with a friend who was way more <laughs> advanced hiking than me. And on my trail, she stayed a few steps ahead of me. She wasn't a mile ahead of me. She was a few steps. And she could look back and be like, oh, Kelsey, go to the right. There's a branch there and I don't need to twist your ankle. Or, oh, there's a big like mud pit, like jump over it. Like she was close enough to me to remember the advice to give me. but. If she's a mile ahead of me, she wouldn't have remembered that mud pit. She's gone through 17 since then. And so there is very real value in someone who is just a few steps ahead of you or you being that to someone else. Like people love being mentored by people still in the trenches, just a few steps ahead, saying there's light at the end of this tunnel, I promise you. (laughs) And then we love mentors that are 30 years ahead who sometimes discount themselves because they don't think they're in touch enough with us young group. It's like, no, we want your wisdom. Tell us what you know. So there's Mm -hmm. truly, I think, value to each. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so good. Um, How would you describe, I feel like you have dropped so many really beautiful nuggets through this conversation already, but if you were to kind of sum it up, how would you describe um, an ideal, not perfect, but ideal, because we know perfect doesn't exist, as you said. And as we can all repeat, it perfect does not exist. So how would you describe, though, an ideal mentoring relationship? I think an ideal mentoring relationship would be meeting somewhere between like monthly and quarterly, you know, frequently enough to to kind of keep up with what's going on in your life, but also not so demanding that one of the two parties burns out just because of sheer capacity. Because I think in seasons where you really need someone to lean in, maybe it's weekly, but at some point it probably does need to shift to like a little less frequently because what happens when we all get busy, we pare down our lives. So we don't want this to be the first to go, right? (laughs) We want it to be maintainable enough to keep it 
steady and, mm-hmm. and with longevity. And so I think both parties are willing and flexible. I think mm-hmm. there's communication and expectation set. If your mentor prefers you to come to your time together with three questions mapped out, then you adapt to that because you are gleaning mm-hmm. from them. If, if they value you know, you to be on time and you've been late like five times in a row, you might need to communicate that or they're going to yeah. dip. They're going to drop out. They're like, this girl doesn't value me. And so communicating expectations to keep both parties thriving, happy. This is light. It feels good to participate in this relationship. It's not a drag. Yeah. Um, and then again, adjusting your communicating, being honest, open, open with like, Hey, my schedule in this season ahead is going to allow for us to meet this amount. But in the next season, it's, you know, I can meet half as frequently. That's just Mm -hmm. life. Um, but that, I think that helps avoid disappointments because if you can walk with each other for the long term, I mean, I've heard, I, I think this, this phrase is sweet. People come into our lives for a reason, a season or a lifetime. And there will certainly be mentors who come for a reason or a season but if you can make it work to where y'all can just keep in touch Mm -hmm. those long-term mentoring relationships that advice is invaluable because not only have they like seen you function through the different seasons of a year what if they've seen you function through the different seasons of 10 years well all of a sudden they're able to give you such a different type of advice because they've watched your life play out. Mm. Maybe not super up close, but I'm just like, I will do whatever it takes to keep a relationship, a mentoring relationship functioning with longevity. Like there's just so much value there. So communicate, set expectations, be flexible, be willing. Mm -hmm. And I Mm -hmm. think be willing to give back, you know, like for me, I think something that's taken me far is Hey, what do you need? Like, oh, are, is Instagram kind of hard for your business? Because that's the last thing you want to be doing. Let me do it for you. I've run two of my business mentors' Instagram accounts for years at a time. Three, actually, three, because I <laughs> knew that's the last thing they wanted. Now that wouldn't work for Linnell. She doesn't have a Instagram account for her business, but I could offer to help her fold laundry or pick up a few errands while I'm out. You know, you could really take a peek at their like and see like where they could use support and offer it because if they're supporting you and then they see that you want to give back to them, they're that much more invested. They're like, Oh, this isn't a one-sided relationship. This feels effortless. What a sweet girl who wants to give back to me. And then they're that much more invested. Oh, I love that. And I want to repeat some things you've said earlier, just like being intentional Um, not projecting, like you want someone who's going to listen and give advice, but not project their story onto you. Um, And yeah, who's willing, right? Who's willing to be there to step in and to, to love, lovingly guide you as you walk out your path. Oh, I like feel like I need to go call my mentors. And once we hang up, I need to call them and just like, tell them how much I love them, how grateful I am for them. Because yeah, just having this conversation has made me realize how much the the things they've said or done, whether they meant it to or not, have shaped me totally. um, and shaped like who I've become and in, in the season of life I find myself in now. Like, would I be where I am if I hadn't had these women um, just meet me where I was and love me through those seasons? 
Yeah. I need wow. to call yeah. mine too, actually. I know. <laughs> I know. Like, I need to send them a quick text and let them know that I'm thinking about them. Um, okay. So I would love to hear from you. What are some ways someone might know that they're like kind of ready to be a mentor or if they have someone in their life where they're like, man, I think I could show up for this person. Um, you know, what are some signs? What are some ways they might know that that's like something they could step into? I think, you know, I always say start before you're ready. I mean, if there's some circumstances in your life where you just have no capacity in this season, that is fine. Like it's okay if you aren't ready because of just not having capacity to be present or willing for someone else. Mm. But other than that, like don't let fear or imposter syndrome or like the idea that you have to arrive before you're a mentor holds you back. I mm. started when I was 19 and I have apologized to my young life girls for some shoddy <laughs> advice I've inevitably given them <laughs> along the way. Like I'm 31 now and they are, you know, I guess I was probably 18. They are, you know, 27. <laughs> and I joke, I'm like, y'all, I'm so sorry for whatever damaging theology I told you. But you know what? Just know I'm always here and I love you. And I'll always apologize if something comes up that you're in therapy for that I taught you. <laughs> and so I, you know, be willing to get it wrong. And that's mm. uncomfortable. And I think that's uncomfortable for some personality types more than others. But I promise you, like your presence and your investment in someone and you just being two or three steps ahead of whatever they're walking through will be valuable. That is mm -hmm. value. And mm -hmm. by holding back out of fear, what if you're not serving someone who could be dramatically impacted by them? Don't let you be the judge of impact. Let them. Mm -hmm. And so I say just get started. It's uncomfortable putting yourself out there. But if there's that person who always wants to tell you about their boyfriend and, you know, you have to meet every single boyfriend they have, this is a real life example, um, <laughs> for, to approve of them, maybe recognize that, like, that's an area of life that girl is inviting you in to give your input and advice. Because mm -hmm. I started realizing, I used to joke, like, oh, God, not another boyfriend. I don't want to meet another one. Can we? Can I meet him after, like, eight months or six months? <laughs> And then it's like, no, actually, I recognize that she, I, I had to tell myself this. No, I recognize that she cares about my input on this. And so I'm going to show up for this. This is a way I can mentor her through this season of dating and finding a fit that's aligned with her values and remind yeah. her when, I don't know if, like, he's real cute, but I don't know if y'all have the same values, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> and so I think that recognizing areas where you might already be invited in or, you know, getting involved in a community with people of shared values, whether it's a local runner's club, a photography group, and finding that person who's looking for someone to just give them a little bit of their time. Yeah, that's so good. Um, I love, I love start before you're ready because honestly, if we're all waiting to be ready for anything, we're never going to be ready for anything, right? Um, so I love that idea of starting before you're ready. And yeah, looking around at who, who's already in your life and who might already be kind of, you know, subtly inviting you into that space. Mm -hmm. um, that's really great. Well, okay. I have one more question around this topic and I'm very excited to hear whatever this answer might be. Um, what would you say is the biggest lesson you've learned from any of your mentors um, up until now? Oh, yes. I think, I think just leaning in 
um, when it hurts. I think I've seen the beauty of friendships and mentoring relationships weathering storms. Um, not letting people only in when it's rosy and sunshine and butterflies. And I'm an Enneagram 7, so I love sunshine and butterflies. Like, <laughs> count me in for bliss. But life is hard. And so having those people who are willing to lean in when it's hurt, when it hurts, and to choose to show up and be consistent even when it's not convenient, mm-hmm. um, that is extraordinary impact. It's not a magical TED talk they gave me. It's just mm-hmm. them being there. And I I am forever grateful for people who have leaned in when it hurts, who have loved me when it's inconvenient, who mm-hmm. have been steady and consistent in my life. And so that just shows me um, the power of me doing that for someone else. And so... I think that's probably one of my biggest takeaways and lessons of, of being mentored. Mm-hmm. Gosh, and that's even just a lesson for life, leaning in when it's hard. Totally. Oh, man. Because like, just like you said, life is hard. And wouldn't it be wonderful if it was all, if it was all um, light and fun? And oh, I wish but... it was. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun because I'm an Enneagram 4, and so I could spend – I could spend so much time in the depths in the, in the sadness and the, those emotions, but, um, but that's not healthy either, right? There's a balance there and that's just what life is. It's, it's a beautiful mix of both and leaning into any season that whether it's light and beautiful and airy or it's deep and hard and painful, leaning Mm -hmm. into it to fully experience it, whether we're doing that in our own lives or in the lives of those that we um, are mentoring or being mentored by. I think that that's that's a beautiful lesson. Thank you for sharing that with us. Well, I mean, it's I feel like you you have just reminded me in the way you've asked these questions in this conversation that I want to go back and like thank my mentors because <laughs> like they modeled this for me. This isn't my my lessons um, that I came up with. They they demonstrated this for me, and so mm-hmm. I'm just grateful for women who yeah. like have chosen to be generous and invest in me um, when they didn't have to. Right. Right. But they showed up. Oh, it's beautiful. Well, I just have a trio of questions to ask you as we end out this episode. So I I do this with every guest, which is very fun. Um, I guess it's actually four questions, but we'll start with the first one. So knowing what you know now at 31, we're both 31, which is very fun. Um, But knowing what you know now, what would you tell yourself at age 20? Oh, man. I just think... (laughs) The older I get, the less I care about what people think. <laughs> and I yes. can't wait till I'm 40 because I hear it gets even better. I hear you yes. just don't even have time to care. You know, like, who cares? <laughs> I'm so past that. So it gets better. And um, just because, just because someone didn't give you a seat at their table doesn't mean you didn't deserve it. And like, just go build your own. Mm. It's going to be more fulfilling to begin with anyways. Like Mm. I, I think, I think it's Shirley Chisholm who said like, um, you know, if there's not a seat at the table for you, bring a folding chair or build your own. Mm -hmm. And I think that's been like a theme of my twenties because I always, I always want to be invited. 
But I've found sometimes I've gotten invited to those tables finally after like having my eye on it for years. You know, I joke and call it the cool girls mom's club of authordom. Like there's these, you know, authors who are like 15 years ahead of me who have arrived, arrived and I've so badly wanted a seat at that table for so long. Um, or, you know, tables in my career that I've finally gotten to. And it's like, oh, wait, I so yearn to be at this table. And I have pretty good friends around my own. I think I'm going to go back. Like, <laughs> it's not that I ever left them, but why did I think this would feel different? Because mm-hmm. I wasn't trying to replace my friends. I just thought because that's the height of success I needed to get there. Mm-hmm. And like, just cultivate community. Don't, don't see, set out to be like, the cool kid of your industry or your, you know, community, just build a table with people who are real and raw and kind and compassionate and caring and do life with them. Because I promise, I promise that's where like the beauty and the goodness Mm -hmm. of life are at. Mm -hmm. Gosh, man, you're just dropping so much wisdom. I'm like, I'm feeling this personally. I'm sure everyone listening is too, (laughs) but I'm like, yeah, I gotta like, I got to bring more seats to my table rather than looking, looking at other tables around me. Right. Yeah. Bring more seats to my own and invite people in, make space, make it bigger if I need to. Yes. Um, Awesome. I love that. Wow. That's so good. I'm like fired up when we get off. I'm going to text my mentors. I'm going to do some stuff with my community. Like I'm just stoked. This is really good. Um, Okay. Who or what has been inspiring you lately? Oh man, slowing down has been inspiring me lately, honestly. Um, I have, I'm back at a season where I was at a few years ago, but way more extreme this time of like extreme burnout. And it's not the, the people like me who live at the fat, who live in the fast lane, live and die by their next like idea or dream. They, you know, check off their list. It's not those people that inspire me in life. I mean, they do, but the people who inspire me the most are the people who walk into a room and they just carry like peace with them, tangible peace. And they're not the loudest person in the room. Typically they're sitting back and listening. And I think this season has been a lot about cultivating more of that in my life because I've lived in this fast lane for so long. And so I think people who live and function like that or who are inspiring me and slowing down is like the key to doing, to cultivating that in my life in this season. Yeah. So this season's a lot about like walks and yoga and reading. Like I'm reading a lot of Anne Lamar right now. Cause I feel like she reminds me of what's really important at the end of the day. Um, that's probably what, what in general is inspiring me. Ugh. Well, I mean, and that's so true when you have moments of rest often comes rejuvenation, right? So you're like, you end up being more inspired and more, um, get more ideas um, of things to act out on and things like that when you enter into spaces of rest intentionally, especially. And it can be hard in our culture. It's just go, go, go all the time. And it's not sustainable long term at all. And so burnout happens so frequently for so many people. So I'm glad that you've been able to enter into some really restful spaces in this season. I'm I'm trying. uh, I have to like work at resting every day. (laughs) How I know that, but you have to like put it on your to-do list. Yeah, seriously. Like, Oh, shoot. I got too busy to schedule on rest time. That's so lame. But here we are. 
<laughs> but it is very real. Yeah. Like, so it's very relatable. Um, okay. This podcast is called Wild Hearts with Janine, um, where I, you know, sit down with friends and talk about some really fun topics to help people grow um, and step into their fullest life. So in your opinion, what would make someone a wild heart? Uh, I think someone who pursues their dreams without restraint, without letting people hold them back, letting the, who am I to do that? What if, I mean, here's the deal. We all go through that. I go through that quite frequently. Fear is a constant companion of mine. Um, And so I'm not saying that it's, that those voices will go away, but that you choose to move forward and like what you are meant to do in this world, you know, mm-hmm. sharing the message you're meant to share with this world, um, mm-hmm. stepping into the career you're meant to step into, stepping into the passion, building the relationships you're meant to, the people who do that, even though there's risk involved, even though it's scary. Um, you know, I think that that is who a true wild heart is, someone who has to muster up the courage to pursue their dream. Um, but still does it. Mm -hmm. Well, you're preaching to me (laughs) for sure. I know we talked a little bit about this before we started recording too, where I was like, I've had all these self-limiting beliefs and I'm just doing it anyway now. Girl, that is the season I'm in. I have a lot of fear in this season. So I'm living it. It's not just- We're doing it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Kelsey, this has been such, if I just- this has been such a great conversation. I personally feel so encouraged and like, it was like a warm hug. Um, that's how I feel. (laughs) Um, so I want to make sure everyone listening knows where they can find you on the internet. So you want to share a little bit about, um, where everyone can find you? Yeah. KelseyChapman.com. And then the party's on Instagram for now. I'm, you know, maybe I'll be a TikToker by the time someone hears this, but right now it's just on Instagram. (laughs) That's where the party's at. Amazing. Well, everyone, be sure to go give Kelsey a follow and check out all of um, the things that she provides and all the services she has. And make sure you get her book, What They Taught Us. Um, I know it's on Amazon and probably all the other book retailers that exist and probably also just on your website. So uh, go to KelseyChapman.com. Check her out. And Kelsey, thank you so much for being on Wild Hearts with Janine. This has been such a joy. Um, And it's just so good to see your face. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This is fun. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Wild Hearts with Janine. I hope that this conversation has encouraged you to step out confidently and say yes to the things that God has for you. Hey, while I've got your attention, I would absolutely love it if you went to Apple Podcasts and rated, reviewed, and subscribed to Wild Hearts with Janine. It would mean so much to me. All right, I will see you guys back here when the next new episode drops, when I'll be sitting down with another great guest to talk about another wild-hearted topic. But until then, you guys, keep dreaming, seeking, and stepping out in faith.